Today's message is found in Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, from verse 14 to 20. If you are able, please read with me. Let us begin. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the higher servants and followed him. Amen. Thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's turn to one another and say, Happy New Year once again. And can we also say, may you experience spiritual victory in 2024. Can we say that? It is our earnest desire and prayer that you will be able to experience uh, spiritual victory this year, 2024. And let me begin uh, this year with the passage in Mark chapter 1 with a title called Jesus Driven Life. Jesus Driven Life is the best life that we can ever live. Uh, you notice that our church, uh, we had a theme for every single year. Uh, what was our theme for last year, 2023? Do you remember? Maybe you forgot already. Uh, it was life being poured out. How about the year before? It was running the race together. So we've been changing and renewing our theme for every single year, which is wonderful and necessary. But I realized that uh, in the middle of changing the theme every year, uh, many of us, we have forgotten our original vision statement. Uh, our original vision statement as a church, not only New Hope, but entire church as Light Presbyterian Church, as you can see here, Church moving with gospel-centered, missional spirituality. So you will see this everywhere, not only this year, but moving forward. Not only from the podium, a banner, the wallpaper, from the poster, even through the slides as well. Because a lot of newcomers, when they come and take membership, they hear this vision statement and the DNA of our church that we are gospel-centered, missional spirituality. But I realize that many old members have forgotten our original vision of our church DNA. We're celebrating 40th anniversary 
that God's been blessing our church. And we have grown so much in many ways. Uh, not only our English congregation became interdependent uh, 20 years ago, we were able to expand in our downtown and then downtown giving birth to uptown and growing continuously. And even our next generation, um, I remember just 20 years ago, um, coming back to Toronto and starting with A New Hope, our congregation, the size was about 50 members. And now today, even Mississauga alone, our children of New Hope are over 100. And our downtown and uptown campus is continually growing. Our uptown has outgrown their facility, so they will be moving soon uh, to a newer location this year. I'm so excited for our downtown and uptown, their growth in ministry as well. But we cannot just celebrate for the growth or past 40 years. And I believe that this year is a very critical year for us to get back to reset and also get ready for next 40 years. Not only remembering our past 40 years, but getting ready for next 40 years. Because you and I are called to be the people of God. That we are spiritual family. We're in the same team. Therefore, I believe that this year we need to start once again from the same page. Whether you're attending a New Hope or Light Presbyterian Church, downtown or uptown, even Russian congregation, that we need to start from the same page. And how can we start from the same page? If church is not careful, sometimes we drive based on charismatic leadership. And I'm not talking about my own vision. I'm not talking about my own leadership and saying that church needs to start from the vision, vision or ambition of charismatic leadership or certain individuals or personnel. But church vision needs to be starting with original vision of Jesus Christ. Many of you heard or read the book called Purpose Driven Life, which is good. It is very good and beneficial for us to be driven by purpose. But I would say the greater life is driven by Jesus Christ. Jesus driven life, Jesus driven church, Jesus driven family, Jesus driven house church, small group. So let me ask you this question. What is driving your life right now? Can you truly say that your life is driven by Christ? Or maybe you've been driven by something else up until now. We can say Jesus is the Lord and we love Jesus, but when it comes to our life focus, priority, passion, energy, motivation may not be necessarily driven by Jesus. So how do we define life that is driven by Jesus? And how do we 
come back to such life so that we can be driven by Jesus? How can we see our church, our ministry being driven by Jesus? And that will be the message of today. And we'll be going through the Gospel of Mark, following closely Jesus Christ. First, let me begin. Uh, Jesus-driven life is gospel-centered life. In verse, verse 15, Jesus said, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Believe in the gospel. Uh, just as our downtown and uptown congregation members are tuning into today's message. Why? Because it is very important to hear the vision statement, vision message. But can you imagine when Jesus came and began his earthly public ministry, this was the essence of his ministry. This was a core message of Jesus Christ and who he was all about. Repent, the kingdom of God is here. Of course, Jesus has so many different types of ministry. Fed 5,000, healing people, casting out demons, um, helping out poor, proclaiming the message of justice, and so on. But yet, when you summarize all those things, that Jesus' intention was to demonstrate the kingdom of God is here at hand. And when the kingdom of God is here, you are able to experience the healing the sick, helping out the poor, living out the life of justice, driving out evil spirit, and being free with the gospel. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, Jesus said, But if it is the, by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So when we say that gospel-centered life, what does it mean? What is the gospel? Many of us still view or understand gospel being believe in Jesus so that we receive ticket to go to heaven so that when we die, we go to heaven. Brothers and sisters, that is the outcome of the gospel. That is the fruit of the gospel. Yes, it is true that we go to heaven when we believe in Jesus Christ, but that's what happens when you believe in the gospel. So then what is the core, centrality message of the gospel? Jesus was very clear from beginning to the end. In fact, Bible is very clear from beginning to the end. The core essence of the gospel is the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. And kingdom of God is not talking about just the end times or place where we go after we die but wherever God reigns wherever the, the presence of God so that when you and I 
receive Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, we become the children of God, we become the citizens of the kingdom of God so that presence of God, the reality of God's reign enter into and work through our lives. And that was a core message of Jesus Christ. Not only that, if you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, from very beginning when God created heaven and earth, it was to represent the kingdom of God. However, we know the story, the fall, because of the sin. There was a broken fellowship. In order to restore that, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sin and death, not only that we are forgiven, but the kingdom of God can be restored in our everyday life. It's not perfect yet. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation, when Jesus returns once again, there's a final full restoration, complete restoration, consummation. So creation, fall, redemption and restoration entire bible talks about the kingdom of god and how god is going to perfect and fulfill the kingdom of god and what jesus is saying is that time will be fulfilled no he said time is already fulfilled the kingdom of god will be coming no kingdom of god is here right now so when you and I encounter Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, you and I are able to encounter the kingdom of God right now. Living gospel-centered life is about experiencing the reality of the kingdom of God right now. People who were not able to experience love and grace, as we enter into the kingdom of God, we are able to now experience love. We're no longer the slaves of sin, but we are free. We're no longer slaves of addiction or hatred, anger, bitterness, brokenness. We're able to experience forgiveness and healing in our lives. People who did not have a purpose and meaning in their lives, now in the gospel, you are able to find true purpose and direction for your life. We talked about joy. We talked about peace. When you enter into the kingdom of God, realm, the territory where God reigns and the gospel becomes the core of your life, you are able to experience healing, joy, peace in your life. And Jesus said, kingdom of God is here already. So what does it mean for a church to be gospel-centered? First, we are committed to proclaim the message of the gospel, but not only that, we want to experience the kingdom of God in our church. Recognize that so many brothers and sisters in your family, that you say you are Christian, your Christian home, Christian family, and yet not necessarily you are experiencing the realm 
or experience the reality, the presence of the kingdom of God in your home, in your marriage, in your conversation. So as a church, we dream and we want to be driven by gospel center, which means that we want every single person who are coming out to church to New Hope, not to be just registered member on paper, but we pray that you will be able to encounter Christ, so that you will be born again, you become the citizens of the kingdom of God. Family, if all of your family members are able to come to know Christ this year, and enter into and experience the reality and presence of the kingdom of God. For me, that's winning. That's a spiritual victory right there. If your family members already have personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You are beginning already this year from the victory. Small group. Let us dream together that every member of your small, church, a small group will have a personal encounter and testimony of knowing Christ so that they are able to experience the reality and presence of the kingdom of God. We're training some of the leaders and Sunday school teachers. Their goal this year is to share the gospel to every single student of our Sunday school so that they will have opportunity to receive Jesus Christ and to experience the presence of the kingdom of God. The church that we are dreaming together is not driven by one person. I think I was very clear from the beginning, coming back to New Hope 20 years ago, and God's been blessing our church to continue to grow. And it's been my full 20 year uh, this year because I came in 2004. And our church is now moving continually, strongly. And now I'll be preaching once a month in Mississauga for Pastor Charles, the, who, are who is taking over uh, Mississauga to really lead and shepherd and equip congregation members. In our downtown, Pastor John's been transitioning really, really well to have pastoral leadership to empower. And not only that, uh, Pastor Minja have joined full-time to support um, Pastor John. In Uptown today is the first Sunday for Pastor Brian Moon, who will be a new lead pastor. And for our Mississauga, we have wonderful uh, team members as well, Pastor David, Pastor Jonathan, and June. That we are dreaming together that church is not all about one person, but to build a team, but eventually at the end of the day, it's really about gospel-driven. So let me ask you this question, even your life, what is driving you? Is gospel driving you or 
some other influences and values driving you. I hope and pray that we'll be able to reset so that we'll be driven gospel center. Some of you say, you know what? I already know and believe in the gospel. I know that he is my Lord and Savior. But that's only a basic foundation. We need to move towards the second step, which is Jesus-driven life is missional life. In verse 17, Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God is here. And in verse 17, I will make you become fishers of men. So what is missional life? Some of us, we think that missional life is going to Africa, going to India, or UUPG. Yes, those are the part of it. The outcome, once again, of living missional life. But it's more than that. It's bigger than that, greater than that. Missional life, to put it in a simple way, no longer we live and consume by ourselves, but we are being used by God for others. Life beyond myself. Life beyond my family. Life beyond my own little bubble. If you and I are being used by God for one another, that's missional. So many people live their lives inward. I think that's the beauty of uh, having a missional church because our church is missional to the point where even our Sunday school kids are being sent. Whether it's native, other province, outside of Canada, or doing inner city missions. Running VBS in Malton area, not only for our children, but inviting our friends from Malton community. It's not just about us. So that we become outward. Breaking the wall, breaking the bubble. Whenever we have a membership, I talk about three different types of church. Three M's. Missional, managing, museum church. So what is missional? Following and going outwards. You know what? The gospel DNA is missional DNA. So that if you believe in the gospel, if you have the kingdom of God reality and presence, naturally you'll be pulled to where there is no gospel and you want to share the gospel. That's a gravity law of the gospel. So we follow we move outward. When our main campus was growing, you know, whenever you grow, you have to talk about taking care of people. So there was a tension. Do we start second campus or do we take care of people? We have to do both. As we were taking care of our people, we had to be missional. Same thing downtown. When downtown campus was growing, they had to talk about, should we take care 
internally or do we multiply to both? Uptown is at the crossroad as well. But whenever you become missional, there's always fresh fruit and power of the Holy Spirit being renewed and being poured out again and again. But what happens when you become so inward focused, you rot. You lose momentum. You become spiritually dull. Well, church cannot become missional. Church oftentimes becomes managing church. We just manage, maintain. And I share this same analogy to parents. Parents, you need to be missional parents. Send your kids. Sometimes I know you're risking. You have to trust God. If you cannot send out your children, you have to end up managing. And if you keep on managing, micromanaging, your kids will not grow beyond. So you have to become missional. They will go out, maybe make a mistake, but they will learn from it. But at the end of the day, they are God's children. But oftentimes we become managing family, micromanaging parents, micromanaging. And if we are not careful, eventually we can become museum church, has been church. You know what? Oh, we used to be good 20 years ago. We used to be really on fire 10 years ago, but that was a museum church. Where some of you are like museum spirituality, right? Oh, I've been, yeah, I've been going out to missions. I used to do that 20 years ago. Good old days. But when Jesus said, the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God, the gospel driving us so that we become outward, we become missional, so that no longer we become fishermen for us to survive, for us to have a good house and nice luxury life. I'm not saying those are bad, but now we become bigger. It's more than that. How can I be used for something greater? And Jesus called disciples, I will make you fisher of men, not for you, but for others. What do you mean? For students, maybe you used to study and choose your major career for you to succeed for yourself, but now you begin to study so that you'll be used by God. You'll be a blessing to others. Through your career, somehow you make impact in other people's lives, to change other people's lives. When you get promoted, yes, now I have a better package. My annual salary will go up. Maybe those are bonus, but as you become manager, as you get promoted now, you have more people to serve so that you will make greater impact with the gospel. God is saying, I will make you fisher of man, fisher of woman, fisher of other soul. That is being missional. Even at home, we can be missional mother, missional father. Raising our children is not about me, me, me. It's all about you 
But you know what? We want you to grow up to really serve others. Equipping, empowering them so that they can go and serve others and be useful. That is being missional. The gospel is expanded. The kingdom of God is being expanded. What does it mean? It's all about people. Gospel and kingdom of God is never about building. It's never about doing more program, but at the end of the day, more people coming to know Christ and more people being used by God. So I hope and pray that you will be able to have this year be used by God. That you will be missional this year. So that whenever you're studying, whenever you're working, whenever you're going out, you're staying home, somehow that you are being used by God. Lastly, Jesus-driven life is a life of pursuing intimate spirituality. Who you follow will determine your future. Who you follow will determine and shape your value, your priority. I know that many of you follow Instagram and TikTok. Who do you follow? Some of you follow uh, certain influencers, celebrities, songs, So that whoever you follow, whenever they buy purse or nice shoes or whatever, you want to wear. Nothing wrong with it. What I'm saying is that when you follow, it begins to shape your thinking, your value, your priority. If you unlock your phone and give it to me, I can immediately see who you follow whether it's YouTube or Instagram or whatever that keep popping up, that's what you're following. And you imitate, you become like that. Some of us, we follow the trend. Some of us, we follow influencers, other values. But Jesus is inviting us once again Follow me, in verse 17. And what happens in verse 18? Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Verse 20, they left their boat and followed him. Spirituality is not about coming to church and like praying or, you know, doing something religious on Sunday and then we move on. But spirituality is following Jesus daily. Following and becoming like Christ daily. And even Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, and Spirit immediately drove him, Jesus, out into the wilderness. Jesus was driven by the Spirit, by the will of God, and you and I, we follow Jesus daily. So how do we follow Jesus daily? That's what we are talking about, right? Four things. Spirituality is this, reading, praying, Gathering, sharing. 
So that when we are living our daily life, we read the word of the Lord and we pray daily, but we gather also to share what we've been encountering. You and I, we are weak, fragile. When we follow individually, we get sidetracked. We get influenced by other things. That's why we need community to gather regularly to share how we've been doing so that we can redirect one another to read and pray. So reading, praying, gathering, and sharing. And that's how we do life together. So let me wrap up today's message we as a church, we're committed to follow Jesus. Not to follow one person, not to follow leadership per se, but more than that, we follow Jesus. But not only as a church, but your family, you as your individual, who do you want to follow this year? What do you want to follow this year? Because that is going to shape you, your life. When you follow, you'll be transformed. You'll grow closer to Jesus. Disciples were never perfect. But as they follow Jesus, they encounter and they grew in their knowledge and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope and pray that all of us will be able to respond to Jesus' holy invitation this year as a church, as a family, as an individual. Let me close. Jesus is extending holy invitation to all of us. Let's pray together. As we respond to today's message, I want to ask you a question. Is really gospel center of your life? Are you experiencing, is your family experiencing kingdom of God? kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy, healing, restoration. If you never had opportunity to invite Jesus as a Lord and Savior of your life, maybe this is your opportunity. I'm not going to ask you to stand or to come up to the altar. But I want to invite you, if you want to, invite Jesus and be part of God's kingdom. I want you to do that personally. Lord, I want to trust in you. 
for eternal life and salvation. Jesus, would you enter into my life and be the Lord and a purpose of my life? And while you are praying, I want to also invite, encourage every single one of you. I want you to pray. If there is any family member in your household, or anyone in your small group who do not know Christ, would you commit to pray right now? Lord, this year, I want gospel to be the reality of my family, my children, my parents, my house church, small group leader, a small group member. Lord, let our church be gospel center. Let our family be gospel center. so that we can move beyond and we can have missional purpose, missional life. No longer life is all about me, but for a greater purpose that God has intended. Lord, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to know you closely. Help our church to be a community where we follow. We become like Christ. We read and pray, gather and share. Spend some time in prayer. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of our God the Father, fellowship and conviction of the Holy Spirit be upon all the people of God who want to be driven by Jesus to have gospel-centered mission of spirituality. And now and forevermore, Amen.